The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 134th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsports.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, in a few minutes, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Well, not surprisingly, my highlight of the week was the NFC Championship game. Just an epic, epic battle on Sunday night. What we all expected with emotions and rivalry and all that good stuff. But uh, that fourth quarter, it's as good as it gets with the Super Bowl on the line. It was just absolutely fabulous. Great plays, turnovers, down to the last second. Uh, Just, again, just what you want to see in a championship game. Unlike the AFC championship game, which was, uh, you know, had a little drama there in the fourth, but nothing like the NFC championship game. So I can't go any further without, of course, talking about the topic of the week, Richard Sherman and his rant immediately following his making the game-saving play. There's not much question he's the best corner in the NFL, and he showed it on that play. Uh, My first thought when I saw it was, first of all, just fascinating television, you know. a good reason never to ever turn off a game as soon as the buzzer sounds. You never know what you're going to get. And in this case, uh, America got an eyeful and an earful, to put it mildly. But my first thought was simply that, you know, I, we have seen this before. And what that would be would be a year ago uh, when the Seahawks beat the Patriots out in Seattle in what was a great game. Sherman went up just screaming at Tom Brady, of all people. You've probably all seen the video by now. You know, it got some serious serious airplay at the time it happened. And, uh, you know, but it was nothing on the level of what we're talking about here. But it was Brady was walking off the field, and Sherman was just screaming at him. 
um, after they had just won the game. Not altogether unlike uh, what he did in approaching Bra- uh, Crabtree. Granted, against the Patriots and Brady, the game was over. Brady was walking off the field uh, when Sherman did this. So, uh, what we're, you know, what he did in going up to Crabtree immediately following, you know, the play to quote shake hands or say good game, absolutely ridiculous. That is so out of line. I'm actually much more offended by that than I was by. The rant itself, um, especially, you know, apparently there's some kind of bad blood, history, whatever, with Crabtree, who knows. But, you know, think about it. If every player, after, you know, making a play like that in the heat of the battle with Super Bowl on the line to win your team the NFC Championship, went running up to the opposing player he made the play on and, you know, Offering to shake his hand as if you know, as if that was that is a show of sportsmanship. It, it was beyond absurd. Like I said, it was worse than the rant. And I loved what Crabtree did. You know, I just shoving him away by you know pushing his hand right in his face mask, and then it looked like Sherman was you know appealing to the ref for like a penalty, like crazy. Why would you be looking for a penalty? You just won the NFC Championship to go to the Super Bowl. Why are you going up to Crabtree, number one? Why are you, like, then apparently looking at the ref for a call because Crabtree shoved you in the face mask, which is was, again, the best thing I saw at the end of that game. So it was just Richard Sherman being Richard Sherman, and I think that's all there is to it. You know, again, seen this before with Brady and a whole lot of other stuff. You know, I don't even mind the guy. You know, we all know the you know, we all know the deal. Stanford graduate, straight A's, coming out of Compton, California, one of the toughest cities in America. So you know, he's a pretty fascinating guy. But you know, his rant was right in line with what he's been doing for the last couple of years. Uh, so. No surprise. By the way, the play in that game that just amazed me to no end, and even when I see the highlights, I still can't get over it. Uh, I consider it one of the most athletic plays I've ever seen in the NFL, which was Colin Kaepernick's jump pass, where he basically jumped, was, was running kind of straight ahead towards the line of scrimmage and just elevated off his left foot and threw an absolute dart for a touchdown about an inch over the Seahawks defenders' arms, and Anquan Bolden made a fabulous catch because it was such a bullet that he threw in midair. And, I I mean, Kaepernick, as we all know, quite the athlete, but I have just can't ever remember seeing that before. We're not talking a Tim Tebow jump pass. We're talking about him sort of, you know, just kind of, jumping off his left foot and then just whipping a dart 30, 40 yards downfield for a touchdown, uh, you, you know, at the high, highest pressure moment, I, I just thought it was a freakish, freakish play, unlike most anything I can remember. So, uh, again, just great game, just great game. That fourth quarter was as good a fourth quarter with the Super Bowl on the line as anything I can ever remember just about. So, my, my low light of the week 
was the Patriots. Now we'll talk about the AFC Championship game. But the, was the Patriots' call on the two-point conversion after Brady scored? Brady puts on the move of his life. He scores. All of a sudden, the Patriots go from 16 down, uh, ostensibly two scores plus two two-point conversions, to down uh, 10. So here comes the biggest play of the year. And I was in a sports bar, and when Brady scored, right here in Boston, of course, right outside Boston where I live, the place went crazy. So, you know, anybody who lives up here or anybody who's seen week after week after week what we've seen at that moment thought, we have a shot here, um, given the unbelievable Patriot comebacks this year. Up until that moment, trust me, total silence and, you know, like, no shot. So... To have, you know, to have that call made with the most important play of the year, just incredible to me. I mean, it was over in a split second. Shane Vereen goes off tackle, and it's just tackled, like, for a yard loss. And then there's the season, and anybody who was looking would have seen Brady hunched over, hands on knees, not something we're used to seeing with Brady, just knowing that in that split second, you know, the season's over. Horrible call. Horrible, horrible, horrible call. And I have said this before on the show. I am always in favor when you have your most important play of the season, i.e. your season on the line with one play. I feel you have to call, make a call with options. Not necessarily the option play, but at least have Brady, you know, sprinting out. I mean, the play before, Brady had scored on like a seven-yard run, like the longest run of his career. Just kidding, but maybe one of the best moves of his career. So, you know, you, you drop him back and, you know, put it five wides, you know, drop him back and see if he can find anybody open. He is Tom Brady after all. And if not, maybe he can run or maybe he can, you know, slide it out to a running back, whatever. But don't just, you know, do a one option, a one option play, which is a running back into, into the line. Couldn't believe it. Just couldn't believe it. A split second, season's over. My bizarre story of the week, again from that game and the aftermath, was Bill Belichick being completely out of character for him in blasting, quote, the receiver, uh, also known as Wes Welker, for his hit on Akib Tlaib. I've been saying on this show for the past couple of years since Welker's option contract first came up a couple of years ago, uh that the only explanation for the Patriots not acting to bring Welker back, we're going back a couple years now, um, was simply that Bill, Bill Belichick does not like Wes Welker. There was no other explanation. There was money, performance, nothing like that fit. And certainly uh, last Monday morning, when Belichick strode to the podium and completely out of character, not in response to a question, walked right up to the microphone and immediately said his piece on Welker, which said, you know, he, the, the quote, the receiver, won't call him by name, was made no attempt to get open, calling it one of the worst plays I've seen. Uh, very, very, very strong stuff for Bill Belichick. So, again, just uh, bizarre, especially as someone who has, you know, been on the Belichick watch for, you know, 
15 years now. I've attended many press conferences in person, and it just really uh, spoke volumes as to his feelings uh, on Welker. And the NFL yesterday basically said, you know, there's not going to be any fines, so they don't consider the play illegal if they're not fining him. There was no call on the field by the officials, so uh, there you have it. So now, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills. So let's take our break, and next up will be A.P. Stedham, a Bama magazine. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one 888 Three four six nine one four four, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we typically have guests, and on the line is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing very well, John, very well. Just trying to keep warm in this New England weather, about 15 here. So but it's bright and sunny, so things can always be worse, right? It could be snowing. That's correct. It is extreme. This has been as... 
tough a week as, you know, as you can have, both with that storm a couple days ago, but then, you know, followed in by the cold, which is a little unusual. I mean, it's been below zero at night, uh, about as harsh as it gets, but you just said it perfectly, you know, it's... We're very lucky in that it's not only sunny, but more importantly, I always say, not that windy, if at all. So when you go out, it bites you. But again, with sun and no wind, it's at least uh, manageable, I guess. Tolerable would be the word. Barely. <laughs> oh, yeah, my goodness. If there was wind, John, uh, I wouldn't even want to go outside. I probably started to yeah, I still don't want to go outside. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, only to the mailbox and back, if that. I mean, it's really, you know. Sprinter speed. I, I'm in getting January. cabin fever. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's bad. And, uh, you know, speaking of weather, I mean, it's kind of funny. I found myself thinking this week, as today is the day, by the way, sports fans, that at least on my iPhone, and I'm guessing everywhere, you know, I. I I finally got to next Sunday, February 2nd, Super Bowl Sunday, on my 10-day forecast. We're there, and what mine is showing is, you know, uh, 35 high, 25 low. There, There is a little snow shower thing there, but, you know, uh, not the apocalypse that we've been predicting. But what it's gotten, you know, but what I've been thinking about the last couple of days as it's really been discussed uh more and more. The the NFL has they've done it again. I mean, with this cold weather Super Bowl, I mean, they are getting as only they know how to do. They are they're they're the experts. They're getting more publicity, some of it negative granted. For instance, local weather, you know, local news people here in Boston this morning were, you know, cuz they're talking the NFL's talking about, you know, moving the game a day before or whatever, day after. And so they were critical of the NFL. But, you know, that aside, the NFL is getting more publicity and coverage for this, quote, cold weather Super Bowl than ever before. So they've they've done it again. There's no one better, John. They they can create uh, a positive uh, press where where it should be pretty much negative, but it'll revolve into something good for them. That's exactly right. I mean, I mean, I hadn't thought about it before until just like, you know, three straight days, ever since that snowstorm this week. That's what got it going. And, you know, the NFL actually held a press conference at MetLife, you know, the day after, like with, you know, the place literally snowed under, if you will, Wednesday. And, you know, they're embracing it. They're not shying away from it. They're getting, again, they're getting some criticism. But in the same light, wow, you know. The but when I think of, you know, all that I've heard about the weather in the last three days, it, it just again it just hit me like they've done it again, and they are the masters. Yeah, yeah. They're, if they want, you want to go to school and learn how to be a a press agent or a public relations guru, be an intern in the NFL office. That's it. <laughs> well said, AP. It, re- it really is. Uh, so sticking with the NFL and football, I mean, obviously, last Sunday was a day to remember uh, with, you know, the two championship games. Really one of the best days in sports because, you know, these teams are playing in front of a home crowd, whoever that may be. So you have all that enthusiasm there. And we certainly saw that in Seattle and Denver. 
And then, uh, you know, it's, it's the trip to go to the Super Bowl, which in and of itself is just such a, you know, such a high. And, uh, but, you know, we've never seen anything quite like Richard Sherman and what he did immediately following. I mean, as soon as I watched it, I said to myself, boy, I'm glad I stick around for these things, which I always do. I always, as weird as it sounds, I'll always like, you know, I won't flick off my TV no matter what the situation at the buzzer. I always like to see that minute or two afterwards because you just never know what you're going to get. And, boy, we got something none of us will forget. Yeah, John, he he really exploded out uh, on the television screen in front of a a captive audience. And Erin Andrews, to her credit, just just listened, and she followed up with she wanted to make people totally clear that he was talking about, you know, Crabtree of the 49ers, leave no doubt. But, um, you know, Richard, he's a communications major from Stanford, I guess, but so he understands what he has done, I'm sure. No doubt. Smart guy. Very articulate. Uh, Yeah. First, Aaron Andrews. I liked her question. Given the circumstances, given the craziness that was occurring all around her, I liked she had one line after she asked the initial question, which was, you know, who's talking about you? And there was just the way she said it, the inflection in her voice, I thought was just perfect. You know, I thought, you know, she just handled it beautifully. And, yeah, Sherman... I talked in the opening segment, of course, about we have it. It's not the first time we've seen this because you'll remember this, AP. Remember when they beat the Patriots a year ago and he was screaming at Tom Brady coming off the field? Yeah, I find it kind of uh, perplexing that he talks about, you know, you shouldn't be judge, uh, judge a book by its cover. But, you know, he's had some opportunities to display some class. But what he has done, he you know, he's shouted, you know, Aaron Andrews and Crabtree and Tom Brady the time before that. So I think those situations are very revealing. You know, I think it exposes your character. A lot of people would always say, you know, football builds character. I always thought that any athletic endeavor or something of adversity exposes your character. So, you know, now it's become kind of become a pattern. So he can try to retreat from his remarks and his behavior, but I, I don't, I'm not really buying it. Oh, I'm not buying it at all. I mean, the first thing I said on the show today was, you know, that was nothing more than Richard Sherman being Richard Sherman. It was just elevated. Two reasons. Number one was the NFC championship. I think 57 million people watching the fifth most watched NFL non-Super Bowl ever, as I knew it would be. I thought it would actually break the record. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just, uh, that's who he is. I I mean, you know, it's completely in character. And then the other thing that just simply made it different was that he named names. He said Crabtree. I mean, nobody, rarely do you see an athlete name a name, you know? Yeah, I don't, I can't remember the last time somebody was called out Right after the game on national television, unless correct, it was maybe correct. another co- another coach, John, you probably saw sometime a coach in the heat of the action right after the game was mad at something. You know, maybe run up to score to make 
might name them publicly, but rarely right. do you see him come out and actually utter the person's name like they, like he did. But I just think, John, over the decades, and I mean, this has been going on for quite a while, you know, the public discourse has moved beyond civil, civil and there's no retreat in sight, and it permeates right. all levels of interaction politically, socially, and especially during any level of athletic competition. So I, I think the, you know, the outrageous classless behavior, that's become sometimes the norm, and that's because it's been accepted and tolerated over time. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's, you know, certainly no fine or suspension or anything like that coming as a result of it. I mean, that would almost be laughable at this point. Uh, you know, t- I heard it mentioned maybe early early in the week or maybe even Sunday night late, but no, there's not going to be any fine or suspension or anything. You know, what he did is just becoming more and more normal, but it was, it was again, player-on-player player trash talk, which you know, you typically don't see, but, you know, you mentioned coaches. I mean, as we all know, I mean, uh, Jim Harbaugh was Sherman's coach in college. Sherman was a receiver for Stanford. And, you know, we all know that we talked about this last week, the, the what's your deal <laughs> rivalry between Harbaugh and Pete Carroll. And they, by the way, seem to be ex- Extremely, you know, uh, professional in their greeting at midfield after the game for them. I mean, it's the longest interchange interaction I can ever remember seeing the two of them after a game. So, you know, all credit to Jim Harbaugh, who seemed to initiate it and, you know, had a sentence or two to say, which I thought was was impressive. They, of course, had no idea what was occurring down the other end of the field. You know, with Sherman at the pretty much exact same time. Not that they're related, but anyway, Sherman has an axe to grind with Harbaugh too. I mean, there's just a lot of layers. But again, it's it's Sherman being Sherman. He's been doing this for a long time. It's just he did it in front of a bigger audience than he ever did before. Number one and number two, he named a name, which I think elevated into you know. In, into making it more of a you know you know more of a discussion point shall we say? Yeah, I mean it's very rare, like we said, and so I don't know what's what he's going to do with this next game, the Super Bowl. He's going to be targeted, you know, screaming and yelling at, or taking or venting all his anger. I don't really know, but I, I just kind of find it uh, boring that behavior. But I, I think that what he did is appeal to the lowest common denominator of Americans and there's a big culture out there that accepts that type of reply and, and it's, it's normal. I mean, right. It, it's, it's a, it's a natural progression. If you beat somebody, you can talk about their character, their family and anything else on your mind. And that's become, you know, the accepted behavior. Indeed, indeed, AP, things have changed. Oh, I think, you know, we're just going to see a whole lot more of Richard Sherman. Uh, you know, Media Day on Tuesday at, at the Prudential Center in New York, oddly enough, which is maybe the first time ever not at a stadium, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, he it's going to be unbelievable. I mean, he's not, he's not shutting up anytime no, soon. No, he, he won't be uh, retiring wallflower wallflower type and there'll be hordes of media and they'll they'll hang on every word and i'm sure he's got something 
planned and contrived that he's going to some statements that he'll make because as I say he's a communications major from Stanford he 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 knows exactly what he's trying to uh, achieve so but I just I, I think he had an opportunity to to show some class and if the other person you know his Crabtree you know pushed his hand away when he ran up to him and said good game good game he he could he didn't have to react that way I think. I mean, you know, you always have the option to reveal your character by the way you re- you respond. So, and if you're just going to mirror the other person's bad behavior, then you're. I think you're even worse because you have a moment to think about it. Yeah, and I and I did say earlier in the segment that you know I, I thought that that was worse than what he did with the rant. You know, given the circumstances. Super Bowl dream over for the 49ers. Sherman himself made the play of the game on Crabtree. You know, for him to go up to Crabtree, you know, and extend his hand like good game, I thought that was really, really way out of line. And, you know, actually was glad to see Crabtree's response. And then Sherman was looking, like, to the refs for a penalty flag, like, who cares about a penalty right, flag? Like You're going to like the Super Bowl. Innocent, innocent bystander. Right, exactly. You're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> what you, what's a flag going to do for you there one way or the other? Good, uh, anyway, I found that pretty crazy in and of itself. That Now we know that was the prelude. But, you know, just that moment, like, got me, you know, propped up in my chair in a hurry when I saw that. Not that I wasn't propped up and awake watching the final play, but... Yeah, uh, yeah. Right, very, but, very few people sprint to the to your uh, adversary you've been badgering all day and, and extend a hand and expect them to to uh, match it. it, it I mean, exactly. what, what would he have done if Crabtree did that to him? I don't, I don't think he would have shook his hand. I doubt it. I seriously doubt it. Bingo. There you go. That's, that is the best thing I've heard right there, AP. If Crabtree catches that ball for the touchdown to send the 49ers to the Super Bowl and, you know, spikes the ball and goes up to Richard Sherman with his hand out and says, good game, can you imagine what would have happened? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, really. I, I, I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong, but just based on his prior behavior and his, and his you know, his childish remarks and things, I, I don't think that would happen. Yes, I'm glad you said that because that I haven't looked at it that way, and boy, that that just really says it perfectly. Uh, how would what would Sherman have thought if the roles were reversed and it's Crabtree winning the game and you know running up to him to shake his hand and say good game? I don't think Richard Sherman would be liking that too much. So, yeah, it'd be funny if somebody asked him that question. Um, that, that's a great question. It really is. You know, I don't know what he would say. I mean, of course, he could he could say anything he wants. He said, "Oh yes, I would have embraced him and wished him well." And I mean, you, you, oh. you never know. But it'd be interesting to watch his body language when he when he yeah. replied to the question. That's 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 the true tell is the body language. Yeah, they, I, I saw something yesterday where they were reading Tanya Harding's body language on the whole Nancy Kerrigan thing, which is. Right. You know, been under review, shall we say, lately, and there was this body language expert talking about both her interviews back when it happened and, like, this week. I think it was on Extra, one of those shows. Yeah, and it did happen to catch it, John. What, 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 was, what was your take on that whole? It was pretty fascinating. I mean, that is sports, too. Um, I, I thought the whole body language thing was extensive. I've seen bits and pieces of body language reading, but that was that that was you know in depth. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, 
Oh, you know, I Nancy Kerrigan being from here in Boston, I mean, that was such a big deal when it happened. Uh, you know, the biggest of big deals. Um, I, I, we all believe she was involved, and certainly nothing, I, I don't feel one bit differently given all the recent shows and everything going on with it. I mean, I, I think we've already, we've all just assumed it all along. Yeah, they people talk, and I don't think that crew that she was uh, part of her, you know, henchmen. I don't think they right. kept quiet. I just don't. I just don't see them. Those people being on the level of the Secret Service, you know, taking an oath to keep quiet till their dying day. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> the polar opposite, not polar vortex. Polar opposite. Yeah. Um, all right, well, AP. Uh, we have a lot more to cover, but for now, why don't we take our break, and uh, we'll catch you all on the other side. Lockdown coverage. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. And on the line with us still is our weekly expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And, A.P., we were talking about all things NFL in the uh, previous segment, but saw a couple interesting things happening in uh, 
on the college front, which, of course, you cover. And why don't you update us on uh, the Florida State backup quarterback who's uh, looking like he might transfer. Yeah, John, it's been revealed this week that he received his release from Florida State. He, he must graduate in May, and he'll have his degree, and then he can transfer without any penalty of sitting out a year. He, he'll have two years of eligibility. And it looks like Alabama is, you know, the, his final destination. Nick Saban was actually at the Senior Bowl one day this week, and he stopped by to to visit Jacob, who's actually from Mobile, in the same high school as A.J. McCarron, St. Paul. He visited with Jacob and his family. So it just seems like all systems go for this big 6'5", 230-or-so-pound uh, athletic strong-arm quarterback to attend Alabama. Uh, I, I did have a conversation a week or two ago at the Walter Camp with Jameis Winston. He said it was really a neck-and-neck uh, competition between the two to see who would start uh, this past year for Florida State. So if Jameis Winston could look you in the eye and tell you that, that Jacob is a talented quarterback, you have to take his word. And he, he, said, and he actually even mentioned to me that he thought you know Jacob was headed for Alabama. So... Unless something happens really unusual, which is always the case, I mean, you know, it possibly what if what if uh, James Winston was hurt in the spring or something, you know, and he reconsidered and stayed at Florida State because he can do that, you know, just because you see be released doesn't mean you have to transfer. But it seems like Jacob Coker is the next Alabama quarterback, uh, so he's very, very talented and and uh, very, very big, strong arm. You know, he was like the basketball player of the year in the city of Mobile. Not, you know, if that means anything to you. But his footwork and athletic ability. Wow! So he—we're talking a player here, big I, time. I, be, I believe so, big time player. And then he, you know, see, Florida State was on him early, and he committed right away. And Alabama didn't have a chance to really hone in on him. So and by then, it was too late. And I believe he's, he was recruited over there by Damian Craig, the former Auburn quarterback who, who had the Mobile territory. And, uh, of course, Damian's back with Auburn now, but. But that's how he ended up over in Tallahassee. And as we know, Jameis Winston is also from Alabama. So let me ask you this. How far is Mobile from Tallahassee? Like driving time, the, not yeah, that far. In the neighborhood of, um, the, uh, I believe it's about 200 or so, 220. Miles. Yeah, just on that I-10 corridor, John. Right. Okay, so although it may seem odd for Alabama high school quarterbacks not to go to Alabama, Florida State, would Florida, would Tallahassee be closer than uh, Tuscaloosa or just about the same you know, or whatever? Uh, John, it'd actually be um, uh, almost the same. Okay. All right. So that's that's there's our answer as to why this is happening, I think. It's, it's simple geography. And, uh, wow, so... It almost sounds a little bit, correct me if I'm wrong, that, you know, could be, could turn out to be a, a Russell Wilson situation a little bit. Like, there's no villains, there's no anger, there's no nothing, you know. It's like, you know, Jameis Winston showed up for greatest freshman year maybe in college football history. Jacob Coker just realizes, you know, he's not going to play and, you know, and it's just, Smiles all around. But let me ask you this, AP. Were the cupboards, quote, a little bare at Alabama as far as who was going to succeed 
A.J. McCarron? Is that a big factor here? You know, John, they recruited a pretty high-level guy out of Utah, uh, Cooper Bateman, and they had a kid out of Texas as well, Alec Morris, not as highly recruited, but you would think that you know Cooper Bateman being so highly recruited would be the next in line, but they must not feel as confident. I mean, you know, he registered as a freshman this year, so maybe they feel we don't, we don't want to put him, you know, as our starting quarterback, as a redshirt freshman, and you know we're not as confident in Alec Morris, you know, being a, a playmaker, let's say. And then they have a kid coming in from Oklahoma, a top-rated quarterback as well, but he'll be a freshman. So, I mean, yeah, there had to be some level of of uh, question mark in their mind about the the next quarterback at Alabama to pursue Jacob Coker. They're John, at that level, they're always recruiting quarterbacks every year, trying Correct. to get you one or two. So they welcome that competition, and, and they're they're not afraid to obviously go with Jacob Coker as a starter because they run that similar type of offense, that power type pro offense at Florida State. You know, Jimbo Salem being a uh, with a former offensive coordinator for Nick Saban at LSU, and Nick Saban tried to hire Jimbo Fisher, but he chose to go to Florida State under Bobby Bowden. So I don't think there's that much of a difference in the offenses, really. No, no. Let me ask you this, AP. Did Jacob Coker ever play at Florida State? He played mm. some, John. He threw in the neighborhood of, I think it was 30 or 40 passes. So, yeah. drawing or after Christian Ponder? Did Christian he, he, Ponder, he wasn't there a year e. between Manuel, Christian no, Ponder? No one draft choice. What's that? He sat behind E.J. Manuel. E.J. Manuel. <laughs> Buffalo Bills, another number one draft choice. Of course, sorry. I, I forgot about E.J. Yeah, Manuel. I, mean, I was thinking Christian Ponder and then... I knew there was somebody in between, but okay, EJ Manuel. So yeah, he, he, John, he's just he's just hit the mother load of quarterbacks. He did. That's uh, all you can say. Fortunately, well, boy, based on the size you gave for this kid, he sounds like he could be a potential uh, Blake Bortles type of guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm anxious to see him in a crimson yeah. way. I'm hoping that's where he ends up, but I don't know. I mean, but that's that's all the signs are pointing that his family said he's probably going to take a visit. And like I say, Nick Saban visited him this week, and it's been no secret since this fall, actually. Right. Wow. Sounds like that's uh, imminent. So interesting, interesting. Well, that bears watching, uh, to say the least. Uh, and we shall see. But with that said, why don't we take our final break and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about some uh, topical issues on the other side. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. 
The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit nflalumni.org. Hi, I'm Joe Swedish, CEO of WellPoint. We proudly support the March of Dimes and all they do to reduce the rate of premature birth in the United States. Though premature births have recently declined, still half a million babies are born too soon each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs that help moms and their babies live healthier lives. Please visit MarchofDimes.com and join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And before we get to A.P., I just want to say that my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is, and this is a first, the Pro Bowl <laughs> on Sunday night. <laughs> Only because two things. I want to see. The, you like that, A.P.? I like that, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you've never made the same prediction either. No, it's uh, two reasons. Uh, I like the new format. I like that the NFL has given them one more chance to make it look competitive. But. I watched some of that, you know, the the lottery, if you will, the choices, the picks, Jerry Rice, Deion Sanders, all of it, J.J. Watt, Jamal Charles. I liked what I saw. I thought it was pretty fun, handled very, very well, like the NFL does everything. You know, professional presentation. I was going to give it a couple minutes. I gave it a lot longer than that, you know, two nights in a row. And so yeah, it's got my curiosity. Uh and, you know, it feels like, you know, the future of the game is clearly hanging in the balance. I mean, Roger Goodell has made it very clear it has to look or feel competitive. So, so yeah, I, I'm definitely going to have to tune in. I think I will, too. Yeah, right. I know. What else are you doing on Sunday night at 730? It was uh, below zero, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, anytime. I love, I love Hawaii. I've never been there. I always wanted to. To fly to that that island, and so what, what better thing to watch than either if it's not Hawaii Five O, I'll watch the Pro Bowl. There you go. Well, I've been there twice and had a little time to kill uh, before my return flight of, uh, many years ago, and uh, it was a beautiful Sunday afternoon. So I literally ringed the island. I had a lot of time to kill, shall we say, before my evening flight. Uh, so I literally ringed the island of Oahu going up to North Shore and whatnot, but finished with uh, at Aloha Stadium, which is just literally right down the highway from the Honolulu Airport. And so I got out of the car, walked around, checked it out, and, you know, <laughs> thought of the Pro Bowl. And we're going back a few years, but, yeah, it's a really cool stadium. It is paradise, Hawaii in general. But, you know, the other highlight of the week and one of the ways that I have found – 
I can really, it really helps me get through the winter, call it sick or whatever, is watching golf. I mean, you know, and that's my other pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is simply, you know, the farmer's open from Torrey Pines and Tiger, and it feels like, you know, with golf, and in many ways, it, it's their opening weekend. Um, it certainly feels like it. It's sort of presented that way, and I know there's golf in Hawaii and Kapalua and stuff, you know, in the last month or so. But, uh, yeah, uh, I enjoy watching golf on, especially like yesterday afternoon, you know, it's nice to have that on in the background. I look up and there's sunny Torrey Pines near San Diego and <laughs> Tiger and all the big names are there, Phil. And, you know, I can either be looking at the TV uh, from Torrey Pines or I can be looking out the window at below zero. So I'll take Torrey Pines. <laughs> Whatever it takes to get through these types of this type of harsh weather. Right, AP? Oh, absolutely. You had an easy choice. <laughs> It is. Uh, well, AP, we're down to the final few minutes, but one thing I do want your opinion on, because it is becoming an increasingly big, maybe soon to be gigantic, huge story, which is, of course, security at the Winter Olympics in Sochi, Russia. It's just there's it's just growing by the day. There was a Massachusetts congressman who was just over there this week and really painted what I consider to be an ominous picture. He was literally in Sochi. You know, we're all seeing the, literally, how, how bizarre is all of this? I mean, we're seeing pictures of like six people, of which four are women known as black widows. I mean, these are, you know, wanted posters, if you will, of six people that the world is now seeking for fear of, you know, that they're, quote, suicide bombers. Four of them are women. Their husbands were killed in early terrorist attacks in places like Chechnya or whatever, which apparently is very close geographically. 200 miles from Sochi. It, this is a crazy situation, and I've covered a lot of sports events in my time. I've been very fortunate, but I'm glad, and I've never done Olympics, and I'm sure glad this isn't my first. I'm glad I'm not going. Yeah, John, normally this time of, of year before the Olympics, you're talking about the American female skater who has a chance to win a gold, or are you talking about some skier or... Uh, you know, hockey, the hockey team, American hockey team, but to talk about terrorists, this has to be a first. And, and then on top of that, you're hearing the athletes themselves telling their parents not to attend. I think it's unprecedented. And I don't, I don't think if I had an opportunity, I think I'd have to decline. I just in no way, shape or form want to be within that sphere of discomfort and, and possibility that there'd be some, serious action taking place over there you know and the security is an issue i just i don't think i'd i'd want to be there exactly and you know you and i can relate we've both traveled in our role as media people enough to kind of easily put ourselves in their shoes you know we're both going to be dealing with it next week again going the super bowl you know on you, you know and luckily both you and i can drive down there but uh yeah, I mean, there's just something every day, whether it's U.S. warships or, you know, are, are going to be sitting out in whatever, the Black Sea or whatever, <laughs> ready, and they can be there in less than two hours to, again, yesterday's big news was that athletes are telling their families not to come. I mean, every day there's something, 
And, you know, it feels like it's getting louder and more ominous each day. Yeah, John, I don't want to be anywhere uh, that I have to be rescued. <laughs> that makes two of us. <laughs> that is not what we're looking for. We're, you know, no. covering sports event. You know, you mentioned hockey, and I couldn't help but think, you know, the Olympic athletes who, of course, devote four years and everything of their lives and much longer, you, you know, towards this one moment in time, that's one thing. If I'm an NHL hockey player, if I'm Sidney Crosby or Zdeno Char or on and on and on and on, you know, you're living a pretty good life playing hockey here in America. And I'm just curious. I was thinking of them, you know, of all the people going over, you know, and they represent many, many different countries, of course. Yeah, right. how, are the, how are they feeling about this? Because, you know, if, if I'm a hockey player looking at this, and, you know, leading a very financially well-off life and a wonderful life overall, you know, they haven't been training you know, for four years for this. They've been playing hockey, getting paid handsomely, living a great life, and now they're going to go represent their country for two weeks. But i got to think, you know, what are they thinking? Of all the athletes, what are they thinking? Yeah, I mean, do they really, really feel they should jeopardize their life for their country? Right. Bingo. Because that, that's what you're doing, essentially, when you head into a place that's, you know, it's kind of tenuous. Yeah, and oh, by the way, not to, you know, I haven't even thought about it till this very moment, but, you know, if, if they're going to strike at something high profile, I don't think there's much more high profile than, you know, a hockey game, especially involving the Russian hockey team. I mean, what else, you know, the side of the opening or closing ceremonies, in my mind, the highest profile event these days since figure skating and you know, certainly skiing with Lindsey Vaughn not there. They, they don't have that same feel. What does have that same feel coming off that epic hockey from the previous Olympics um, is, again, you, you know, the, the hockey. It, it seems to now be the number one event at the Olympics. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's just how I'm looking at it. That's what yeah. I'm excited about. Put it that way. Yeah, I would think that would be a, a high, one of the top targets, John. Yes, you know, who knows what's in the mind of a terrorist, but I'm just saying. Yeah, no, I, I can't imagine thinking like them, but that's what all of our government must do. Well, especially because, you know, correct me if I'm not mistaken, the, the axe they're grinding is, of course, against the Soviet Union, Russia. And right. so if they were, uh, if they're going to strike against Russia, I would think that, you know, the Russian hockey team, what represents Russia more than the Russian hockey team? Oh, yeah, I would think that's the prime target. Crazy, crazy, crazy. I mean, it's just, again, you know, wow, you said it perfectly, AP, it's just really totally different mindset of compared with every previous Olympic summer or winter Ever. There's always been security concerns, certainly since Munich in 1972. Let's not forget that. 9-11, obviously, uh, heightened everything. But, yeah, Munich 1972, I forgot about that. But, yeah, yeah that, wow. that, that was kind of after the fact, you know, that everyone was already over in Germany. But this is prior, which is unique. Good point. Big difference. I've been to the Olympic site in Munich. Uh, Ten... 15 years after it happened in the mid-80s, so that was haunting, to put it mildly. Um, 
Anyway, AP, uh, thank you again, as always, for coming on to share your perspective. Great conversation, and uh, we'll look forward to doing it all again next week, Super Bowl Friday. Thank you very much, John. Looking forward to it. All right. And once again, Voice America listeners, thank you for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.